What's up, all you cool cats and kittens? I'm Ren. And I'm Aria. This is The Unfinished Mind. And today we're going to be talking about animals, pets even, and their sacred nature across the world. I mean, it's not shocking that animals have been considered holy throughout <laughs> human history. I mean, even I would say in our modern selfie culture, so it's like you just you see constant pictures of other people's pups, yeah, and their little 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 toe beans and their cats and their, you yeah. know, with the little you know the toe beans like like their, their little, little nails, feet, yeah. their oh little feetsies, oh, oh yeah. little, like pads on their feet, little toe very beans. cute, very cute. And you want to boop their little snoots. Mm-hmm. I can understand how they've been sacred throughout most. Yeah, history. most animals kind of like bring out this theory as to why humans feel like they want to like squish and protect like babies and i think babies and animals have like similar kind of features and they bring out that instinct in us yeah so of course we think they're sacred it's because we just want to take those little things and squish them squish them they're so cute give them love give them a hug yeah it's not just the ones that you want to squish it's huge ones too that may serve as a sort of symbol or they can serve as modes of transportation modes of transportation we got yeah horses camels elephants, elephants. even yeah insane absolutely on, on the, the same, same page, page today <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, godly companions uh let's 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 discuss these yeah these beauties speaking about um being on the same page and godly companions. Once Red and I were in my car and we were just having like a little trip mm-hmm. down to the grocery store. As you do. And we both said completely un like unprompted. Unprompted. Un- it was it, I yeah. don't know how or why. We just I've been too close to each other, <laughs> I guess, is what it was. But we said, God. I love cows word by <laughs> word at the same time in the same way. We had not been like, I think we barely talked about cows. Like we, 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 I was like, cows are, can be fluffy. I love them. Yeah. And then we just in, in tandem God, just I said the same cows. thing. Yeah. It was, it was a wild experience, but yes, animals, they really do bring people together. They do unifying factors. And speaking about cows, speaking of them. There's many sacred animals across the world. Mm-hmm. And I think the country that I think of, or I think most people would think of, if you think of like a country or culture that in which animals are very important, I think mm-hmm. Hinduism in India comes to mind. Um, cows, monkeys, elephants are, and among many other animals, are also held as sacred animals within the religion. For example, Cows, they're considered one of the holiest animals in India, and it is a representative um, of a gift from God to the people of India, to the Hindus. I think the Hindus observed the cow being able to provide to its children um, through, you know, providing milk to its children. They were like, that's really important. That's like a mother cow, you know, she provides for her children. She does everything for her children. Mm -hmm. So it's like the sacred animal of India for that reason. And it's also treated as the embodiment of the gods in the physical form of an animal. As many, many other things in Hinduism, not just animals, it can be 
mountains, it can be streams, it can be just anything in the world is embodied by God and you must respect everything. So that's just like one of the big things in Hinduism. Yeah. The significance of the cow just runs through India. I think the um, slaying of cows in India is illegal but people still do eat beef in India because India is not just a purely Hindu country. Right. Um, I think those meats are ex not exported, imported, imported into the country. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Otherwise, you see cows everywhere. You see them in the front entrances of temples. You see kneeling cows. There's cows, portraits, pictures in temples. They're just very there for us exalted as providers beautiful another thing is monkeys mm. i am personally i am terrified of monkeys i understand that's an understandable fear i don't i don't i'm not afraid of them i just don't really like them that much <laughs> i i personally have a story as uh, and one of our script writers also has a story did you get attacked by a monkey no oh it wasn't gosh. me okay. but uh in the place in india where i'm from uh -huh. there are a lot of hills so there's like little hill stations towns that are in the hills and there you will encounter so many monkeys oh god like they are everywhere Just... and i think my mom once sat down like we, we were like go like on this little like slope thing with the view of like all the hills around mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and she had food in her hand and she had sat down and a monkey came up sat right beside her looked at the food tried to grab for it and my mom obviously like had gotten up and was like running towards us by then but <laughs> those monkeys are brazen they just go for it huh yeah i mean when you give an animal thumbs the power that they then <laughs> possess it's it is i know they're yeah. like distant cousins of ours and all that jazz yeah. but i just don't like them i think they're, they're mean you steal your food they're they're just they're just looking out for each other i think i guess good but for them but they can have fun yeah especially really scary like <clears throat> that amount of power coming from something that is like the size of your torso yeah that's the terrifying that's part. like it's like a, it's like a very elastic toddler yeah swinging around yeah grabbing for your food yeah i i'll pass i'll take the squirrels actually <laughs> and they're a little easier to kick that's true yeah because they go for your food too but you can yeah. kick those little guys yeah you hardly like, kick just, a monkey just swat them away yeah easy don't it's, don't kick any animals that was a joke mostly yes but also, that was a joke <laughs> but sometimes when you're being attacked you, you gotta it, protect your food you, you need to protect yourself too <laughs> and also yourself but yourself. more importantly more importantly, the food. <laughs> exactly. but yourself, yes, protecting yourself is important, but mm -hmm. we do not endorse kicking kicking animals. Ever. Animal abuse. No, sorry. We just wanted you to know, make, that make that very, very clear. clear. Not a fan of animal abuse, uh, but some people are fans of monkeys. That was a poor transition. <laughs> uh, I, I, I released the reins back to you, Arya. Right. So I told my story. I'm going to tell our scriptwriter story as well. So in in the India, again, lots of monkeys. Right, right. So a big monkey entered our scriptwriter's house <gasps> and sat right next to the, like her sister, 
who was a baby at the time. Oh no. And it just sat right there, but did not steal her. And when her mother saw like what was going on, like there was a monkey right next to her child. Yeah. It just did nothing. I feel like monkeys like I feel like they know who the kids are. Yeah. Like the babies are, so they won't like harm them. Yeah. They will go for an adult at the drop of a hat. That's like, true. I guess it's kind of it. like how dogs will hold an egg in their mouth. Like they will they know not to break the egg. Yeah. I think a monkey like recognizes yeah. a small babe. Animal instincts. As animal instincts. It's crazy. Like seeing cross-species interactions between like a dog and like a baby chicken like somehow somehow it's like sometimes they're fine they don't they don't hurt it sometimes they do like if they're predators but like most of the time they don't (laughs) and that's so interesting i've heard many um stories of women who are pregnant Mm -hmm. and uh they have dogs who will actively like protect them like they realize that that woman is pregnant and she's carrying a life inside of her and they will protect her from even their own husbands that is absolutely insane yeah it's so cool so cool amazing but going back to the monkeys part yeah the monkeys monkeys are believed to be the animal form of the god hanuman who is um in the embodiment of a monkey and he is the god of power and strength so the myth or the story around hanuman is that he lifted up like an entire mountain oh with one hand i see to save like a bunch of people from mm-hmm. i think a flood or like a lot of rainfall but yes wow well, they're very very holy they're known to be very strong which makes sense yeah, yeah. when they're stealing your food stealing your food and sometimes your babies but not the, not the uh, time so glad we still have you uh <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for not, for not doing that. stealing any sisters. All right. And I think one of the biggest symbols or most sacred animals in Hinduism is definitely the elephant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So elephants were used as an instrument of war and log carriers in the woods. Religiously, the elephant is a vehicle of Indra, who is a god. And indicative of the elephant-headed god, Sri Ganesha. So the story goes, you know, Ganesha, like the kid used to be like a human kid. And um, his mother was bathing in a pool. And um, she asked the kid to look look out um, just to see if anybody was going to come in or like, you know, harm her while she was bathing or see her while she was bathing. Right. And then this kid didn't, I don't think this kid knew what his dad looked like. So when his dad like came to talk to um, his mom, the kid was like, no. And the dad was like, who are you? Whoa. (laughs) Chopped off his head. No. Mom got angry. What? I don't don't think, I I don't know like the story like specifically, but to appease the mother because she was obviously angry that he cut. Decapitated her own child. Yeah. Um, he took an elephant's head instead of put it on the child. And that is... And that works. Yeah. For sure. It's, I learned that in <laughs> I think pre-med school. <laughs> but so Ganesha is half elephant, half human. I see. Okay. Yeah. So huh. Ganesha is the deity of success and education. I think my parents have described him also as the remover of obstacles and the protector ah, from the 
story that I just told. Right. Um, but interestingly enough, which I found this pretty funny too, um, Ganesha's mode of transportation is a rat. And a rat is also considered sacred in Hinduism. Huh. And okay, that's I get okay, interesting. <laughs> but like, aren't elephants extremely afraid of mice and like rats? Isn't that a thing? I that did not come to my mind. Oh, I have no idea because they are. It's like a whole like they freak out. There's mice in the. It's like they have like a phobia. Well, that's something to learn. Good for Ganesha for, <laughs> for overcoming that fear and using a rat right around on. That's yeah. very fun. I love rats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, rats, uh, Ganesha uses a rat as transportation. And um, a famous example of the worship of Ganesha is that temples across the state of Kerala, which is in South India, where there are numerous religious events involving um, live elephants. They're just ah, going on throughout the year. That's so fun. Especially like where I'm from. I'm from... Um, like West India mm-hmm. from the state of Maharashtra and uh, Ganesh Chaturthi, which is like this huge, like almost a week. It's, it depends on like how long your family does it, but it's usually a week long. And it's basically a celebration of the God Ganesha, like coming into our homes and then we act nice. We don't cry. Everything goes well. I see. That week, everything is supposed to go well. Optimistic week. Very, yes. All we right. try to be the best part of ourselves I in see. that week because no, it I is agree. said that he enters our home. I see. Um, but yeah, that is a huge thing in that state as well. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. And fun fact elephants and humans share 80% of India's territory. Wow, that's so much. And I just sometimes, want to see an elephant. Oh, I've never seen one. Sometimes, if you go on the streets of India, you will see one. No way. You'll see cows too. Oh, I gotta get out there. <laughs> I gotta see this. Yeah, yes, they're yes. magnificent. Absolutely. And, every, and the thing is, is that obviously they're on the street with cars. Yeah. And rickshaws and motorcycles. Just share it. Yeah. The rickshaw drivers drive around the animal. Yeah, I mean, you got ultimate respect. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. And adding to this long list of Hindu holy animals, Mm -hmm. snakes and tigers are also considered sacred in India. Um, The royal Bengal tiger is, in fact, the national animal of India. Fascinating. It's interesting because a lot of these animals do overlap with the Chinese zodiac, Mm -hmm. which is fun, fun coincidence. I don't know if they consider them like truly sacred and holy animals, but it's, it's an interesting overlap. Yeah. You know, I think in in western culture we most of our animals are like cats and dogs that's that's what we have like are you a cat person or a dog person and um interestingly enough those used to be sacred animals to some cultures as well like in egypt cats and dogs were uh super super regarded um feline qualities are considered next to godliness in egypt and i as a cat person (laughs) (laughs) completely agree with that i just they're just very good uh but the ancient egyptians were actually so close to their cats that they would mummify them and bury them in the same way as a person they created the world's first known pet cemetery uh a nearly 2000 year old burial ground that largely holds cats wearing remarkable iron and beaded collars just really did them up to go these cats have more drip than us do they do they do and you know what They've earned it. They've they deserve it. it. Yeah. They're cute. And that's enough. <laughs> so I think also in Islam, 
cats are huge. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think they in Islam, like the religion, of course, Islam and the culture of Egypt, like this part of ancient Egypt, this mm-hmm. culture are they're separated. Yes. But Islam also regards cats as quite holy. So fascinating. That's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of uh shared recognition of of these animals, just multiple cu- cultures saying like that one, that one's holy. <laughs> I really like that. And according to the ancient Greek historian Herodotus, the Egyptians would also shave their eyebrows as a mark of respect when mourning the loss of a family cat. They took it so seriously that they would they would shave their eyebrows. I wonder too. why they shaved their eyebrows specifically though. No, I'd have to have to ask <laughs> have to ask an ancient Egyptian I suppose yeah Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's a a proper reason but it's interesting Uh, I guess it's like a shroud but instead Mm -hmm. eyebrows much of this reverence is because ancient Egyptians thought their gods and rulers had cat-like qualities specifically cats were seen as possessing a duality of desirable temperaments on the one hand they can be protective loyal nurturing but on the other hand they can be pugnacious independent and fierce those all of those words are perfect i think yeah quite apt to describe a, a, a cat um goddesses like sakamet and bastet were represented as partially human or partially lion or cat mm-hmm. and the, i'm pretty i think i don't remember what each of those goddesses were responsible for but i'm pretty sure protection and like the goddess of like femininity or something was i think they're those yeah so cats were known as protectors or the destroyer of enemies those goddesses specifically mm-hmm. so that's interesting as well i think also an interesting fact is that um there the egyptians loved cats and animals just in generally in general so much mm-hmm. that when they were excavating a tomb in the town of saqqara in egypt they found hundreds of animal mummies. Whoa. Cats, I think there were like alligators too. What? The, or crocodiles, I don't remember which one is in Egypt. Crocodiles. I, I think it might be crocodiles. Nile. But um, they found so many of them and they found one that was actually abnormally large to be a cat. And this uh-huh. mummy had a face painted onto the cloth that was used to mummify it. Sure. And when they scanned it and like did their tests and everything, they found out that it was actually a baby lion cub. A lion cub? So the pharaoh of that time, whoever had buried all, whoever had like ordered the burial of all these animals, had a friggin' lion cub as a pet. Just as a little house pet. Sure. Why not? Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. So all kinds of cats. Yeah. Very inclusive. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that makes sense. You see those like big spotted cats. I think they're called Bengals from their Egyptian cats. They literally are the Mm -hmm. size, like a little bigger than a lion cub. They're huge. And they're just domestic house cats. We just have those Mm -hmm. because why not? I love it. It's very fun. Having a little little cheetah in your own house. (laughs) So fun. So we've talked a lot about cats, but let's, they also consider dogs to be uh, very respectable, loyal companions, even back then. And of course, I think dogs are the favorite 
like culturally everyone's like americans love dogs dogs. americans love their dogs especially in austin the dogs are they're everywhere you can't escape the dogs you go to a park you better not bring food yeah because those dogs dogs are going to be curious everywhere I, uh, it's it's great it's wonderful but they're yeah you're out of place if you don't own a dog in austin mm-hmm. um that dogs were also believed to act on behalf of the dead and to protect the buried from jackals who tended to dig the buried up in ancient egypt dog schools have been found in the catacombs at saqqara a village in egypt that we just talked about um which is used as a burial ground often so it's pretty interesting um and of course anubis the god of egyptian god of death uh, has a dog's head is presented usually with a dog's head so that's interesting and it's uh dogs are considered as a means to communicate with anubis moving back to tigers which we mentioned briefly the bengal tiger um tigers were also very significant in uh korea and are to this day so tigers are associated with korean people and culture and this animal's featured in korean mythology folklore and art you see them all over the place um, especially tigers in korea are often portrayed to symbolize power prosperity and strength and are considered as protectors of the korean people paintings depicting tigers were used to ward off evil spirits and in the olympic games in south korea tigers were chosen as the official mascots more than once so in 1988 summer olympics south korea hodori the anamur tiger was the official mascot and represented the hospitable traditions of the korean people in the 2018 winter olympics held in south korea suhurang a white tiger was chosen as the official mascot which symbolized protection for those participating and spectating the Olympic Games. The color also symbolized the snow and ice in the winter sports. The white tiger, Beiko in Korean, is viewed as Korea's sacred guardian animal and appears in Korean folklore. I, you definitely see tigers a lot in Korea, I would. Mm, yes. I mean, we did um, Taekwondo. We did Taekwondo. We were taught by instructors who uh, came from Korea. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the school, there was just this huge, like circular placard mm-hmm. on the wall. And there was just a tiger's head on it with like the name of the school in Korean. Yeah. And there were like tigers on our uniforms as well. It's oh, yeah. A lot, yeah, a lot of throughout the school and like its branding, I would say. Mm-hmm. It was called Tiger's Martial Arts. Oh, that's, well, well, that's that's right there. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. And I went, I was in a different organization, but they would use tiger patches to symbolize, like, if a person had received a master's, which is like a black belt above fourth degree, I think. Yeah. It's whatever. And it's like a special honor that the organization will give people. Mm -hmm. They always got like tiger patches and like special geese that were tiger embroidered. It was gorgeous, but like, it's super cool. And finally, a culture that is a little closer to home. A little closer to home, I would say. Native mm-hmm. American culture also holds deep connections to the natural world, including animals. Absolutely. So using the term spirit animal when referring to Native American spirit guides is fairly recent and condemned by many Native Americans. In its modern usage, the term trivializes the relationship Native Americans have with the environment. And that relationship is extremely strong. I think they were more focused on respecting the world 
Native Americans were more concerned with respecting the areas around them and giving back to nature in the Mm -hmm. way that it gave to them. So animal symbolism in Native American culture could represent clans, families, or individuals. And they are also seen as important spiritual guides. Certain animals can be associated with different qualities, though specifics can vary between different tribes. So, for example, bears were symbols of strength, resilience, and healing. Eagles were symbols of wisdom, honesty, and freedom. We see that Mm -hmm. quite a bit, the bald eagle. And wolves were symbols of loyalty, courage, and strength. That's really fascinating to me. Yeah. The fact that wolves are symbols of loyalty, because whenever we think, I I don't know about you, but whenever I think about wolves, I think about the lone wolf. I think about individualism and being alone, like an independent. Well, I... I think the lone wolf is, uh, it's a rarity. They're not a common thing. Wolves are mm-hmm. pack animals and That's they, true. they, they are intensely defensive of, of, of each other. And like, I don't know, they're, they're, they're little families. So I can absolutely mm-hmm. see associating wolves with loyalty. Cause I mean, they, they're, they're completely codependent. That's true. Lone wolves tend to die. <laughs> that's, 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 I think, <laughs> I think just, I think that because in a lot of, films and pop culture yeah um wolves are depicted as like lone animals Mm -hmm. but then when you come to like things like twilight oh (laughs) yeah werewolves i guess there's twilight (laughs) twilight doesn't do a good job first of all twilight should not be discussed in the context of native americans we are discussing it purely in Um, the context of pop culture and why we view why we might view wolves differently than they were reviewed uh by the native americans or anyone who's you know studied wolves at all (laughs) other than on the media but but yeah i i think we see quite often depictions of lone wolves Mm -hmm, i think that mm -hmm. that term lone wolf is also right well because i it came it comes about because it's not common like it's not a common sight Mm -hmm. and you know if you see a lone wolf, you know they're doomed because they're yeah. never like lone wolves will never be able to hunt properly, and it's bad, right? It's not a good thing. But um, that being said, that being said, community. Honestly, I'm surprised that we didn't discuss um, in this Native American section horses at all because they're oh, yeah. like, especially with like Southern Native American tribes, mm-hmm. horses are like a huge deal. Like the relationship between a human and and their horse back in the day was was parallel to none yeah. like it, they they were connected by the soul like it's, it's super important uh, to them so i think it's um, interesting what, what was another one too buffaloes or bison oh buffalo yeah that was extremely sacred extremely important yeah because they they provided so much to everything, the community yeah. everything every single part of the buffalo was used was used the bones the the tongue as hairbrushes yeah everything just native americans they respected the um animals and continue around them. and continue to and respect and continue yes. to respect the um animals around them their the nature in which they live it's yeah it's incredible it's i think it's wonderful it's extraordinary but ah oh, what a what a beautiful just 
way to go about life and interact with the natural world. It's oh, chill. Every time I every time I like study it even a little bit, I'm like <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. That was our little thing about sacred animals. Sacred animals. So hug a cat today or whatever your favorite sacred animal is. Are you a bird person? Hug a bird. Well, try to gently pat a bird on the head. Maybe (laughs) they might like that. I don't know. I don't have any birds. Pet a dog. Um, Let them know that you appreciate them. Gaze longingly at a porcupine if you want. Yeah. Do do what you will. Um, Just, you know, say hello to an animal in your life today. On behalf of the Unfinished Mind <laughs> podcast. Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. And join us next week where we will be talking about an interesting little town. An interesting little town. Yeah. See you later. Hasta la vista. The Unfinished Mind is brought to you by the Polymathic Scholars. Our scriptwriters this week were Akshi Bunt, Ariane Austria, Liz Knirk, and Ria Gogia. Sound designed by Jensen Richardson and Amaris Mendoza. Produced by Natalie Lim and Sai Chiruvu. Our publicist is Claire Nevins. Hosted by Arya Bakre and Ren Smith. Thanks for listening, and remember to follow your curiosity.